Welcome everyone to Nonproductive's Late to the Party rewatch of the modern cult classic and Disney Channel original cartoon series, Gravity Falls. The only show with Matt Chapman as one of its co-writers. That's not true. Matt Chapman actually co-wrote a bunch of shows for Disney, but he's the uh, guy who also co-wrote Homestar Runner. Oh, all right. Wow, that's interesting. Nice. Trogdor! It is also the award-winning cartoon show created by Alex Hirsch, starring a lovable cast of characters and their encounters with the wild, wacky, and weird supernatural creatures of Gravity Falls. Welcome, everybody. Uh, Glad to be back, and I'm glad that the show is really catching on, man. It's really, like, catching on, as if everybody hasn't already seen this series. (laughs) It is a late to the party. People seem to like this show. I'm glad we've retroactively influenced so many viewers. Um, no, but like, it's really like picking up. it's picking up. I get it. I get what it's about. It's, um, it is like, I, I see why you would want to watch this as a, uh, as like a late to the party kind of thing. Yeah. I, I see the, the plot. It's really cool. Yeah. All right. So what's our first episode? So, uh, we return to the short story format in little gift shop of horrors, which uh, gets really dark. <laughs> Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that episode. We're led through a um, group of tales by Stan, as if we were a person being uh, led through the uh, mystery shack on a late night tour. The three stories are hands off uh, after uh, Stan steals a gold watch and loses his hands. Uh, the uh oh, Abba. I don't even know how to say it. Uh, it's the one where Waddles becomes smart. Yes. Smart Waddles. We'll smart just call Waddles. That. And uh, Clay Day, where Mabel confronts her fears of claymation. Um, so, yeah, these are kind of like three little individual stories. They each have their own three little individual monsters. I, just looked, I looked monster up the name and I can't say it either. <laughs> right? Abacaningus. I, I don't, don't know what it is. Tales, de- tales designed to sell my merchandise. Yeah, <laughs> I love that concept. I also love that this is basically a night gallery, uh, cartoon oh, version yeah. of the night gallery. Oh, yeah. Anybody? Anybody? Oh, yeah. Oh, nope. All right, cool. Sorry. No, I, I it's, uh, it was uh, Rod Sterling's other joint. Yeah. yeah oh. he, had a, he had one that was in color and he would point at a painting and say, You probably remember. Remember the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror version of it? Uh, yeah. He pointed okay. a painting and be like, I don't know, something creepy, right? Something <laughs> creepy? Yeah. Here's some <laughs> I, here's some crap. I remember the Treehouse of Horror's treatment of it. Got yeah. It. It's okay. very, very, very similar to uh, the scary door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it keeps getting it, self-referential. Hey, uh, hands off. What I love about that, Sal Boss, this, the <clears throat> Sal Boss opening, the, 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 the title card, mm-hmm. it was very much a, like a Sal Boss, you know, the... The guy who he did he did art for a lot of Hitchcock movies. Uh, that oh were yes, very stylistic, yeah, yeah. creepy. Kind Interesting of thing. that that's the first thing you point out about the episode. It's literally the first thing that happened in that well, episode. Yeah, yeah. But I, I would think that you would be chomping at the bit to mention oh, the uh, the hand witch's costume. <laughs> yeah. So I can't remember. I think John Minus is like, did you look at her costume? I'm like, I don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, she is dressed as an inverted form of the master from Manos, Manos Hands, of, Hands fate. of Fate. Yep. I think uh, the one I can't pronounce, the middle story where Waddles becomes smart, is uh, one of my more favorite um, ones. Uh, just because we get to see uh, Dipper and Waddles kind of form a relationship. And then there's the uh, whole you know monster problem where they're trying to kind of like learn what's better and, and humanity's sake and how they're going to save people. Um, 
I don't know if Neil deGrasse Tyson cameos are a good thing anymore, but that was kind of cool at the time. I don't Uh-oh. know where he lands on the. Oh, I thought if he people was, like I him thought or he was not. Still cool. Oh no, <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm gonna have to look that up later. But um, he's what we call in the business problematic. The business. Oh, uh, but at the time, it was definitely fun. Yeah, Cosmos was a big thing at the time. All right, so let's let's talk about hands off. Right. He three stooges his way through trying to live without hands. Mabel built some of those like sparkly glitter ones. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I love the hand witch when they finally go see her. And the really cool kind of like makeover HGTV thing that they do to her cave. And it's like, oh, I didn't think this would happen. Like, and the crying. It's like, oh my God, I'm watching so much Queer Eye right now. This, I relate to this. Oh my God, good joke. And Stan, Stan has to learn the moral lesson that there are consequences to his actions of trying to rip people off. And that um, mm-hmm. when you do something bad, you should be able to do something nice for others. You have to give a appropriate apology. Except like, he doesn't. No, not at all. <laughs> he doesn't learn that at all. No, nope. nope. I do like that he, she gets with the, uh, the the hiker guy, the hot hiker guy at the end. <laughs> oh, with the really nice butt. <laughs> using the using the uh, book of uh, pick up uh, lines. The pick up yeah. line. <laughs> Are there any other favorite moments from Hands Off, the mini story inside this? Oh, when he calls his his names his, his hand by names like oh. itchy and, like, it was, itchy and scratchy oh, or something like that yeah it was poke it was like pokey and scratchy or oh something god like that. pokey pointy and scratchy, and scratchy that's it wow <laughs> yeah, it was interesting okay the second one the trick is look for the pun yeah it's a baconings oh oh my god <laughs> it's a baconings i I just I assumed there was an abraca something in there for magic, but no. I don't blame you. It took an me a little awakenings bit. Awakenings bacon reference. Oh like, my what is god! This, what is this referencing? Okay, it's a baconings. So in Ugh, this one, terrible. Waddles eats a magic mushroom and becomes incredibly smart. And him and Dipper become best friends as they're trying to kind of solve all of the world's problems: world hunger, the death of the planet, the whole nine yards. Yeah, how to he's, build a cool jetpack. Yeah, he's got the answer to everything. Um, but in the end, Waddles realizes that it's his love of Mabel that has kept him here. So we lose out on having literally humanity fixed. Is, yeah. is that what he realized? I thought he just missed the belly scratches. Yeah, I, I almost feel like he just like, uh, it's too much. It's a, it's no, a it lot of work like, being it, smart. Yeah, but it it's wasn't burden, a lot of work. He was, it, it came effortlessly for yeah. him. He just was, it was the most selfish thing in a way. <laughs> yeah. this, what is the lesson here? Nothing. I, I think There's the lesson was <laughs> trying to say, if you can't help your best friend, then you're not helping the whole world. That's I guess there's still some, not great. It's, it's, yeah, it's still not stretch. great. I get where it was going, but also it, they, they just wanted to make Waddle smart, that, and they didn't want to have to there's a explain little, away anything else. What would know? the pun be if this were more a reference to, which would be more accurate, uh, Flowers for Algernon? I don't know what that Let's is. Let's all think of that for a little bit. Don't read it. It's not I, worth it. I, I, I think we're reenacting the uh, the writer's room here and say, nah, screw it. Let's just call it Awakenings. Yeah. <laughs> Awakenings is close enough. Yeah. All right. Now, we'll jump over to the last story of this, which I think is some of the coolest visuals we get in all of uh, uh, Gravity Falls, amazing. at least in this half, which is called Clay Day. Mabel mm-hmm. has a fear of claymation oh, uh, yeah. so they go That's to so find cool. the guy who created all of the claymation films that scared her mm-hmm. as a child who just happens to live in gravity falls shocking of course yeah. and um a ray harryhausen pastiche yeah, yeah. i was yeah. a huge i i loved the uh, the voyages of loincloth cloth <laughs> <laughs> I, I always want to watch the things that they're watching in gravity falls 
That is that is like the prime thing to bring up at the very end of this little short. Oh yeah. And it's um it's basically it's uh, found out that instead of these things being claymation animated by hand one by one by one because who would do that that would yeah, take what are forever. You <laughs> they're actually, I'm not a ma- I'm not a masochist. <laughs> they're actually magically animated and uh, bloodthirsty. Yeah, that's easier. And then you get a confrontation between our heroes in Gravity Falls and the claymation figures, which looks awesome. It does. It's really good. I like, I like, well, like, we think. And then they get to the end of it, and it's like, oh, man, like, it's so good. It's too bad it's so expensive. Man, yeah. look at this shot. It's... This is an impressive yeah, fight, no, though. I find hilarious. Glad I'm facing towards it. <laughs> Love you, Seuss. Yeah, overall, let's good... escape by standing still. It didn't work. <laughs> Overall, a great series of tales in this thing. I like. It. I really like this um, this gimmick that they they keep going back to and in different ways every time. Yeah, it's a very dark ending though, where they just kidnap the guy and throw him into a box. They kidnap you, the cheap Yeah, game. that's the yeah. they've kept you because we're seeing we see all these stories first person, so theoretically insinuating us, and now we're stuck there in the mystery shack forever. I guess it's and like- just torture playing tic tac toe with Mabel. Oh man, it's so. Oh, like... that was so frustrating. <laughs> so, there are a couple of. So, check out Dr. Waddle's latest book, A Brief History of Oink, 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 Oink. Uh, all animation and uh, is black magic. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, that's true. All animation is black those are magic. the those are the two cryptograms. That's probably my episode. favorite quote about animation. Actually, I, I'd say the the. Not use using black magic instead of stop motion because he's not a masochist is probably my favorite quote. Apart from The Simpsons, uh, very few animated shows are broadcast live. It's a terrible <laughs> strain on the animator's wrists. Right. So for the next episode, uh, episode seven of this season is a huge one. It is Society of the Blind Eye. Uh, Dipper, Mabel, Seuss, Oh, Wendy this was important? and I didn't Old get Man McGucket discover the secret society in Gravity Falls called the Blind's Eye that erases people's memories of the supernatural. That This is amazing to me. First of all, this, uh, the unseen are so cool as a concept. Uh, just the, that cult of the unseen is really, really interesting. And this is about the point when I'm like, this is the narrative series I wanted from Gravity Falls from the beginning. So very much awesome. The fact that McGuckick was such an important <laughs> I told you McGuckick pays part. off. I can't I cannot stomach it. Almost it's ridiculous. He's you know what he is? He's the Simon of this universe. He's the Simon from Adventure Time. We won't get into as much detail oh, okay. because we don't want to spoil Adventure Time, and it's not like it comes up pretty early in the run. But he's the like, oh my god, I can't believe you were important and <laughs> tragic in a way. There's a monster problem for this episode. There's major plot developments, and there is a B-plot. So quickly, the monster problem for the episode is kind of figuring out the society of the blind eye. We're trying to figure out... Who, um, you know, who's making people's memories erase? Maybe why, yeah. And if there's a reason why, um, and how that connects to, you know, Dipper's quest to find the author. author. Um, the big reveal we get at the, in this, as Frank alludes to, is that we find out McGucket is at mm-hmm. least the inventor of the Society of the Blind Eye 
and the machine that erases people's memories. Right. He's used it on himself so much that he, you know... He's McGuckick now. Yeah. He's now McGuckick. He's a yeah. prospector in an age-inappropriate time. Yeah. Who has a Band-Aid on his beard. Yep. Does that, does that even make sense? <laughs> How does that even work? I guess I'm, I'm really curious to both Pete and Frank... You know, this is this is a huge episode as far as the narrative of Gravity Falls. Like, what do you think of this? We get to see a lot of characters who hold power in Gravity Falls, and then we get a link into, you know, what some of what's been going on in Gravity Falls with McGucket and his change and the possibility that he links to the author in some way. Right. I mean, I I, I completely believe there is... There is a narrative now. I know that there mm-hmm. is a story. I don't know if I believe it was there from the beginning. I think they needed a character who'd be ridiculous to be a Simon, sort of. A, yeah. a, the person who who uh, was behind it all. And they're like, yeah, McGucket gets run around. We, we can make it him. It's harmless. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I'm really, this is where I wanted to start binging and watching every yeah. episode to get to the end of the story. See, I'll say, I think that, uh, that there was the overall arching story probably from the beginning just because i feel like it probably picks up way too early the 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 fact where there definitely is a story picks up way too early for it to have not been there from the beginning like i can kind of see no overall story in the first three to five episodes Mm -hmm. but after that they're definitely laying the groundwork. Well, McGuckett's appearance was second episode. I know. So yeah, <laughs> but I'm I, I'm saying if you if you were planning on having a story st- that's obvious from the fifth episode, then you would have had it from the first episode too. Mm-hmm. All right. So and you were dropping subtle hints. You just weren't dropping very obvious ones. I, I'm going to say one of the things, Al. I, I think you might see this. One of the fun things about rewatching the series is just how much imagery from the later episodes is in episodes like one through five yeah um you know that you're not looking for on your first watch because you don't know what those things look like yet yeah um i mean and that's yeah i guess i don't know never mind (laughs) um there's a little bit of a b plot to this episode and that is mabel's struggle with summer love yep I'll say it's this is actually one where I really like all of the side characters in like kind of the B plot. Like I like Seuss and I like Wendy in this episode a lot. Um, who has a very relatable problem of trying to get a song out of her head. Uh, <laughs> you say I think that's the C plot. Wendy's struggles with summer earworms. Yep. <laughs> but Mabel just eventually gets tempted with the idea of like, oh well, if I just forget about all the romance and Mermando who's getting married to a manatee. Yep. Um, <laughs> arranged marriage. Arranged marriage. God. Yeah. I have a couple of notes on this episode. I don't know if these are my favorite moments, or I don't even know if it's of these episodes. So that's you guys have to put context on this. Seuss touched a nerve about her mascara. There was some at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what's her name? Lazy Susan. Lazy yeah, Susan. Like, <laughs> get very angry, and I'm like, you know what? Good. I, I remember who was angry at him at the time. Was it was it Mabel who was angry? It was both Mabel and Wendy. Seuss yeah. commented on Lazy oh, yeah. Susan's the, like, mascara. The girls and were they, like, no. Whoa, were no. Like, <laughs> jumped yeah, on him like, for whoa, it. touched a nerve there. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Because so, he criticized her appearance. Yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah. But I, I do like... Glad a, that this cartoon not stuck cool. with it. But I do like that we learn a lot in this episode. I also like... Um, we get that... I know Guck, the uh, owner of the laptop that was unfortunately yeah. destroyed. Yeah. But we yep. get to have him study and chill out and do stuff and... 
um, just watching his memories, uh, like that was kind of tragic and also like kind of really funny, which is it's an <laughs> really odd combination. Funny, I don't... Tragic and funny. It was. It was hysterical. Like I found this hat. <laughs> I'll tell you, um, my my reaction upon getting the deeper information into this, I'm not that excited about the overreaching plot, mm-hmm. the, like the the underlying story behind all of it. I have, a- after all this time with it slowly coming together, I've just found myself drawn more to the characters and their individual quirkiness. And it's like, I, I, I don't necessarily want a giant life-changing scenario or uh, revelations that'll change the way we see the world. I just want to see more of this world. Sure, Which yeah, is kind of the same way I that. feel about Stranger Things. I just want to see a, a season where it's just the kids yeah, living, a, living a John Hughes movie with no monster. Yeah. <laughs> I just like to be around with their full D and D game. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I'm curious, actually. Like, what do we think of the society of the blind of the blind's eye? Uh, like, as I think that they're kind of the funny. Blind, yeah. they're all some funny side characters. Oh, they, they st- got some. It started off really cool, but then when I found out who they are, like, yeah, this is Gravity Falls. Yeah, this is goofy. But it's like what you said at the very beginning of the show, Al. It was, hey, things are gonna get creepy, but we're gonna have fun. Yeah. It was like, oh, this secret society is really. Co- oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no. <laughs> The guy yeah, that married the what is it? What, the what is he married? How's the that going? The news guy, right? Oh, great. He's one of them. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have a ton of ciphers uh, in the Society of the Blind Eye, ton of cryptograms. Uh, you know, as we do with all the plot heavy episodes. Um, if my, uh, the author symbol, if my suspicions are correct, this is the work of Fiddleford. Does he really have to go to such great lengths to forget? That's written in cryptogram in the journal when um, uh, you're looking at the page with the ray gun on it. Gotcha. Right, and we don't know who Fiddleford is, but yeah. now we do know Fiddleford? that he's McGucket. Um, <laughs> uh, another one in Atbash that says Bill Cipher exclamation point triangles exclamation point, uh, and then this uh, one that says ignorance is bliss, but bliss is boring. And then these are all combined. Gideon's tantrums, misspelled tattoos, Sanders' rejections, society's views, a fear of witches, a life of regret. These are the things they try to forget. Interesting. It's just a reference to all, all of the stuff. things that people got erased I'll in the I'll say this. The, the ciphers at the end, I think if we mentioned this in earlier, are... F- they're okay. Yeah, they're they, fun. They really they're don't not... really inform anything. You which Normally you would think in a, in a show like this... Solve the cipher, get a clue what's coming up. We got one, one in yeah. the last batch, but we haven't gotten one yet. Well, yeah. We got a we got a hint about McGucket, but a lot of the a lot of the big ciphers are hidden in the show now. Right. Um, all right. Are there even ciphers at the end anymore? Yep. Or they're they just the... they're just drawings. Nope. They're just oh, no, they're okay, at the yeah. end of all the credits. Um, so the next one is Blandin's game. Blandin, 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 Blandin. Returns to face off against Dipper and Mabel in a futuristic, potentially deadly battle while Seuss is upset about his birthday. I really enjoy this episode for all the references to those 70s and 80s movies involving time travel and gladiatorial combat. Yes. Of which, here are the following, and I list for another hour. No, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) Can I just say it was so great having that actor say "Oh gee, oh geez" at one point in the middle of the episode. <laughs> oh geez, um, I'm yeah. gonna stammer until you find them. I, I'm not. 
It, yeah, th- those voices are really Rick and Morty. Yeah, now they feel so Rick and Morty. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, this is an episode where we get, like, Stan actually has a Seuss petition. He petitions the government uh, for Seuss. So, you know, yeah. we, we've got a lot of hints. Even in the last few episodes, we didn't really talk about that Stan is this, you know, nefarious person working behind the scenes. But every if you really pay attention, he does do nice things for yeah. people he cares about. Stan 100% cares. We get to see uh, in this episode the origin of Seuss and Stan's relationship uh, way back <laughs> on his birthday of yeah. all days. Um, you know, we get to learn a little bit about Seuss, you know, who he is, why he is, you know, taking this job and why he's done this sort of stuff and the, the strained relationship he has with his father. And the monster problem of the week for Mabel and Dipper, who you know, this series has always been about them. They're very kind of self-absorbed with how they deal with other people. They kind of need to learn about dealing with people in the way they want to be dealt with, right? Seuss doesn't want his birthday. He just, you know, he doesn't want this big birthday party. He just wants to be able to have fun with his friends. Right. You know, and that's, that's very out of line for Mabel and Dipper. So them having to learn that, you know, also through, Gladiatorial, but they gave him cake flavored pizza and And pizza pizza flavored flavored cake. cake. I love the fact that he got his wish and it was to spend time with his friends and everybody was like, "Oh, all right," but they were a little angry too. And he's like, "Well, I always got this infinite slice of pizza." Everybody was like, "Even I was like, all right." (laughs) Even Blandon was like, "No, that's a really good use of time wish. Best, best use of a time wish." Yeah, I have one, and I admit. It definitely didn't have any place being explored in this episode. It would have bogged things down. But I really would like to find out how a petition to remove July 13th from the calendar got uh, got uh, Stan banned from flying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. It's like, how did that spiral out of control? <laughs> I don't question that with Stan involved, it would have gotten out of control and come to that. I just want to know the specifics. Uh, I really like the time baby. Can we like sit or talk about how awesome the time baby is? That comes back around. That's a season one reference. I know, yeah. but I, just, I love like just like like uh, it will tie when gladiatorial combo will be over when he finishes like his cosmic ju- like cosmic bottle. from his yeah. cosmic bottle. Yep. Oh my god. Uh, and then then the fact that he refuses to drink it. Yep. And they're trying no to, no no. no. <laughs> I don't want. I do like the resolution of this too, where it's just kind of like eventually Seuss is like, no, actually, screw that guy. Like he had every chance to be a part of my life, and you had to go through fight through time and space to make that happen. It, it's a, no. it's almost much shockingly more, shockingly mature of Seuss. Yeah, it's a much more mature than you would expect. Uh, and yet, narrative from a cartoon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, it's like, I, overall, get, Gravity Falls has been hitting it. I mean, even we joked about it, but that moment. Where Seuss, Seuss makes fun of someone's appearance or mocks somebody's appearance, and people are like, "That's not cool." That you wouldn't get that in a normal, no. in a regular, yeah, cartoon, in a regular cartoon show or a regular TV show. Uh, it's, That's it's, like an easy joke. Yeah. Mock their appearance. Yeah. Ha ha, funny. Arguably, they're doing that, right? Her name yeah. is Lazy Susan, and she has a lazy eye, and she works at a, uh, a restaurant with a that you know has Lazy yeah. Susan. Like you get it, but it's also there's like a line. It, I don't know. You don't it's cross really it. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was a uh, a big fan of the uh, the two time cops that we had. Yeah, time but, cops. Your favorite moment? Uh, I, yeah, I guess we can call it my favorite moment. Yeah, some of favorite moments. Lolf and Dungdren. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> 
to spell that. I ha- I have to go back and watch season. I have to believe that their names are on there because they appeared in season one. Too, they did. Yeah, they? they're the same cops that come and arrest. I have to in believe the names were on their name tags, and then I don't think the names came up wherever said. But why? Why a reference to Dolph Lundgren? He wasn't in a in time travel movies. Was he not in Time Cop? No, that's what's killing me. It, it was um. Uh, God, what's his name uh, with the John Claude Van Damme? John Claude Van Damme. Oh, that's Dan. right. Yeah, they could have called it Claude John and <laughs> Dan nah. Van. Dan nah, Dan. no, but this works. Oh man, yeah. can, can, wait, wait. My favorite definitely has to be Mabel trying to convince the guy that, like, oh my gosh, I'm like your great, 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 great grandma. And, and the there's kid, a beat, and he's like, 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 oh, <laughs> Cam Cam? I ain't nobody's Cam Cam. It's like running away. Oh the logic God. problem of why a young version of his great great grandmother or whatever would recognize him doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> no, I liked again Lolf and Dungren with their uh, alarm at the. Uh, Careful, they're from the past. They might have powder muskets or slap bracelets. It's like these are the two most dangerous things that people from the past might carry. I think this episode, really this batch of episodes, but this episode, the next episode, this is where I actually made a note saying I can't keep writing down my favorite lines. There's so so many many good lines. This thing could just become a quote off. Uh, And so the cryptos for this episode are don't do the crime if you can't do the time. And then... Join the Time Paradox Avoidance Enforcement Squadron. Great hours, solid benefits. Sign up yesterday. (laughs) So the next episode is The Love God. Uh, And this one's actually an episode I really like, despite the fact that it kind of takes us away from most of the supernatural bits. I I mean, I guess The Love God, right? Eh. But uh, So Mabel takes matchmaking too far. She steals a love potion from a real love god who's like an adult cherub groupy roadie person yeah uh and uses it on robbie and tambry um and then the b plot is stan is deciding he's going to create a hot air balloon so he can relate to the kids at the woodstock like music festival kids like balloons huh (laughs) i'm gonna say the b plot in this is amazing oh yeah (laughs) it's in a very we have like two three scenes of it Classic. Horrific, too. Like, that thing burning and then falling to the earth is scary. <laughs> if the mother was clutching her child shit and the kid's like, right, is he going to kill us and eat us, mommy? <laughs> yes, he is, Timmy. Yes, he is. It's like, oh, my God. Okay. Yes. And when he shows up in person. It's yeah. like, oh, God, it's the man, old man from the sky. <laughs> but it's it's nice that... It's, it's nice. heaven punishing us for our bad decisions. <laughs> it's nice that he takes Seuss's advice yep. to do this right we're mm-hmm. seeing a little flip on the seuss relationship obviously we know seuss looks up to mr pines you know almost like a father yeah so you know being able to see stan be like you're right seuss we need to figure out a way for me to relate to the kids i mean obviously it goes horribly wrong but just the sentiment that he takes that yeah you know i think is wonderful it doesn't blame seuss for it going wrong it's just like oh that went wrong but not actually <laughs> but and then i like i like the main plot of the the episode yeah, right I can take so Mabel is meddling in, uh, you know, Mabel is meddling in all of the things she shouldn't be. But at the same time, she kind of goes back. The story goes back to the teenagers and kind of shows them, you know, like, you guys got to let things go. You know, if people are happy, they're happy. And that's kind of what you want. Yeah, Accepting people for who they are is a big uh, general B plot for this part of the series, which I like. Yeah. Uh, also, my favorite line from it is is got to be, I assumed you were raised by sad wolves. 
And I love that. Just, just that has to be sad. Wolves. I, I do think that Robbie. when we meet Robbie's parents and like see his upbringing, kind of explains that character to a certain oh, extent. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. really kind of like, oh, you were raised by extremely chipper funeral home directors. Some something about you makes a lot more sense now. Um, I think one of my favorite things is when Mabel calls on the power of love, and it's all of her ex-boyfriends, but also Hamilton from the $10 bill, and this is pre-Hamilton. Really? Yes, this would be pre-Alexander Hamilton-like rage. I was super happy because I obviously love Hamilton and was like, wait, Mabel had a crush on the guy on the $10 bill? Listeners don't know this. Uh, James is in full... Uh, regalia, he yeah. says, obviously, because he's wearing a powdered re- wig. He he actually uh, just got shot in a duel. And, uh, it's it's very very authentic. Didn't did wasn't that actually a callback to uh, that ep- the episode with the uh, she, the I lost I had a president crush on you? Yeah, with Maybe. which guy? Uh, the eighth and a half president? Yeah, yeah. it might be because so, I, I I think she mentioned something about the the uh, the guy on the ten dollar bill being hot or something. Maybe. Oh man, I would not be surprised. But that was really cool to see all those characters come back, especially the boy band several times. Yeah, uh, like I was just kind of like, oh, it's not the real you, but still, it's great to see you guys. That's uh, funny. I was about to say no. I think the boy band only came back once. <laughs> I forgot their name several times. Yes. So for the love god, we had a couple of uh, cryptograms. Uh, one is I eat kids. Uh, the other is at the play or at the fair. I always see them standing there. Dressed in black, they're on my lawn, but when I turn my head, they're gone. Holy crap! I take it all back. That was creepy as hell. Um, I love it. I actually did find out the uh, the Alexander Hamilton. That actually goes back to the unaired pilot where uh, Mabel had a crush on the guy from the $10 bill. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool that that's a, a, a callback to the pilot. That is unaired, so we've never seen it. Is it on the DVDs or something? Probably. Mm. I don't know. I'm going to have to check that out. The last episode in this batch is Northwest Mansion Mystery, Northwest Mansion Noir. This was really good. I love this episode. I forgot how much I liked this episode. So in this episode, the Northwests hire Dipper to deal with a ghost um, that threatens and disrupts their party. Um, During the party... uh, the B-plot is Grenda, Grenda and Candy and Mabel fighting over a foreign boy. And the A-plot, the monster problem of the week, isn't necessarily getting rid of the monster. It's um, Getting specific- rid of the other monster, well, which it's, is it's, colonialism. It's Pacifica specifically having to deal with the history of her past, right? Mm-hmm. So we early on in season one, we kind of confront Pacifica with the fact that, you know, like, hey, just because you think you're hot, crap you know like mm-hmm. your family's <laughs> your family's kind of awful right and pacifica is like whatever you know but in this episode she kind of has to deal with that and this, yeah. this season we've been slowly redeeming her as not just like yeah, a she's been yeah I'm, I'm impressed because i thought after the uh the golf episode that was as good as we were going to get with her i thought that was not the, at all. the end of the story the the evolution of the character i'm glad they came back and got her a little bit better so much is said with that bell like oh, that oh, really yeah. just yeah. hits home every time because she shuts up and it's creepy. Yeah. It, it's tough because like it's like clearly Pacifica has like an abusive relationship with their parents. Right. Like, right. But but the fact that they 
show that in such a subtle way so that it gets through really clearly on this children's TV show is amazing. It's unsettling. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And you feel bad for that character, despite everything she's done that's horrible. So you, in the back of your mind, you're questioning what had to go on for that conditioning to take root that way. Mm. I don't want to think about that. A little darker, a little less dark. Uh, not that it, those aren't valid reads, but um, and they are. But for you know, it's presented in such a fun way that I didn't really mm. hit me that way. I was just like shipping Dipper and <laughs> oh, Pacifica. And oh, totally. He's just trying to be like, hey, I'm cool. I'm the mystery solver. And I'm like, yeah, this could work. This is better for you, than Wendy. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest. I think Pacifica's a little abreast. I think she was a little abreast. Yeah. So. When Dipper realizes that um, the ghost of the formal, former colonial settlers of the town... Lumberjacks. Lumberjacks, right? Who were convinced into helping build the mansion for Pacifica were invited to their big party and then all shut out. Apparently, you know, the commoners yeah. weren't welcome. Just like is happening on that night, which they've invited everybody to come. You know, and Pacifica has to realize that her past has been awful and she has to open up the door... And right the wrongs of her past. Although, to be fair, Dipper gets tricked real easily to letting that guy back out of the mirror. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it wasn't like it was some kind of rules that was hard to figure out. I mean, like, let me see my forest one. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I like that. It, I like that Pacifica is basically facing her privilege. I'm yeah. sorry, folks, but that's yeah. what's happening. She's facing her privilege, and she is pretty much the only one that can own up to what she's doing. What? her ancestors have done and address it. And I'm sure we're going to get a lot of awesome comments on this podcast. If anyone gets to this (laughs) point, it is a weirdo, but yeah, no, it's a really interesting story. I like it. I like, I like, I like how graphic it is. I mean, the blood gushing from all those. Oh my God. That was horrific. Horrific. Watching people slowly turn into wood. Yeah, that was pretty... Or the skeleton forming flesh around it and becoming a lot... Yeah. There's just so many really creepy visuals in this episode. Going to some funny ones, though. How about the mayor? Like, when the buzzards come in with, like, oh, they're with me. Oh, the Grim Reaper. I was wondering when I see you. (laughs) About time. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's a lot of humor in this. Even the horrible things are funny. Um, I love the flame beard. That's not funny, Uh, but I just try to think of some visuals. Yeah. I was going to say, I like the moment at the end with Pacifica and Dipper just destroying the carpet. Yeah, that right? was cute. Because that was a big thing. You know, she couldn't destroy the carpet because of fear of her parents. And now she's like, I don't care. Yeah. I, and I liked the uh, the very quick, not uh, okay, I'm not making that transition this quickly. At the end with the, I really should find somebody to clean this up. <laughs> yeah. So this episode deals with a lot of heavy topics of ecology and privilege and all that, and, but it does it in a, not only a, funny occasionally, it also does it in a beautiful way. There's a part where you're getting the lumberjack story, and you see as they're building the cabins, you could see the graves in the background multiplying as time progresses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could see how much this costs the people to do so that shutout isn't just a almost like a beauty and the beast like you weren't invited to the party so i'm cursing you and all your servants forever like it wasn't that capricious it was there's 
people died to do this, yeah. to build this for them, and they were just taken advantage. That's really heady stuff yeah. in this woke I, I, 2019 and world. And you see how long it took, because you see him when it's first pitched, and, and the, how old he is when he passes away. Like, it's like, he's gone from like that, like, from a young man to like, you know, the white beard. Yeah. It's kind of unrealistic how long that took. <laughs> oh, colonial days. Who knows? We close up this episode on a bit of an ominous... Um, Creepy tapestry. Well, yeah. I mean, and the the um, McGucket appearing with the laptop and the countdown. I was going to say that and the countdown to Armageddon. Yeah. yeah. Right? So we're... Like Armageddon out of here. <laughs> you know, basically, uh, Gravity Falls is introducing its endgame. Yeah. Here, right? Gravity mm-hmm. Falls is at this point, it knows it's two seasons, so it's got 10 episodes left to complete the story it's going to tell, and it's letting you know with 10 episodes to go that this is happening. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I love this one. It's a great episode, and it's our last big outing with the Northwests, uh, as far as we can tell. That was a convincing at all. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I, uh, my favorite line from this episode is. Hunting him will destroy us. We didn't talk much about the the girls and their oh, yeah. attempt to. <laughs> oh, woo, what's his name? The the uh, yeah. But hunting him will destroy us is just a wonderful yeah phrase for a child to say. And my favorite moment is very early in the episode. Uh, Dipper is watching uh, UTB uh, THC. Used, Used to, to be, be about the History, the History Channel. Channel. Yeah, oh, that was good. And I'm like, yep, that's very yeah. very accurate. Although the, movie, the show that he was watching was not one that ever aired on the History Channel, or its analog. It was, it was either Ghost uh, Hunters or Ghost Adventures that the show was parodying, neither of which was a History Channel show. Nobody cares! I know. I will say, I think one of my uh, favorite lines has got to be with Nathan Fillion um, as the dad, kind of coming up out of the floorboards and like, there's enough food and, and oxygen down here to for, for us and the butler to survive. We're gonna eat the butler. <laughs> <laughs> Who clearly heard it, but he's such a such a devout butler that he's like, I'm not gonna react. Yeah. <laughs> so we end up the episode with a couple of cryptograms. We've got next up on used to be the History Channel. Did aliens write the Constitution? Crawdads in tiaras and Florida the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, that one Never more relevant. <laughs> yep. And then repeated multiple times throughout the episode is Stan is not what he seems. That's all so ominous. And that's, I think our next episode is Not What He Seems. Not What He Seems yeah. is the title of the next episode. So he's not yeah. an old man in a fez? Oh, maybe. Maybe it was just like, he's no, he's much younger. He's like five years younger than you think he is. He's just, <laughs> yeah, he that, smoked that early in life and now it I'm hyped. looks like he it. Took, he took five years off his age. Yeah. He's the mid-2000s uh, version of uh, Little Lungs. So yeah. yeah, are you guys ready for the plot-heavy yes. last ten episodes? Because we forgot about another big thing: the the agents in the in the closet. The agents are indeed in the uh, credits of the last episode. They are found to be hiding in the closet, uh, still watching over Dipper yeah. and the Pines family. So I'm, I'm imagining a lot of things are going to be coming to head, if I remember correctly. Anyway, yeah, that's going to be cool. Yeah, I can't wait. All right. Good awesome. night, everybody.
Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher app. Join the discussion over on our Discord or Facebook fan club, and please support us on our Patreon. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.